Hi everyone, it's Carly, and the other host of Gift of Gab is on the phone with our guest, Cecile Richards, president of Planned Parenthood. And here's Julie. Okay. Hi, Cecile. Hi. You have Carly. Hi. Hi. How are you? Good, Carly. Awesome. So we're super excited to have you guys, to have you as a guest today. And we would just love to start by asking you, you know, what it was like growing up in Texas and what was your childhood like? So I you know, grew up in Dallas and I think the most important thing to know was that my parents, who were very progressive, mm-hmm. were sort of against everything that was happening in Dallas. And so <laughs> I grew up just being used to fighting back on all kinds of things. They were involved in the farm workers movement and the labor movement, the civil rights movement. And then of course the women's movement, which really got my mother um, into her, this whole other chapter of her life. But um, it was kind of a magical childhood. And I just learned that, you know, while other families were bowling, my parents were doing politics and that's what we all did together. I think it's always made being an organizer, not something that seemed like drudgery or an obligation, but actually something that was really fun Mm -hmm. and that everybody else was doing. So, um, we obviously know your mom, your mother's Ann Richards and she was the governor of Texas. Like what was it? I know that you talked, you just talked about your childhood, but what was it like growing up with her? Cause like my mom described her as like inspiring and would really stop to listen while she was speaking Mm -hmm. on TV. So what was that like? Well, I think it's important to remember that my mother, for most of her life, um, or at least for for a good 20 years, was raising kids and wasn't, I think people think, oh, you grew up with this incredible feminist mom who was just (laughs) out there, you know, burning up the world. And actually, for a large part of her life, she was just mainly my mom. Uh, And that, of course, is what made her, once she did burst burst out of uh, burst out of being a housewife and into politics herself it made her so impatient about making sure that women didn't um, ever hold themselves back so she was always a kind of a major force of nature but it wasn't until I had left and gone away to college because she actually ran for office herself uh, I think it's important um, one of the one of the things I'll write about in my book is that how important it is for women not to wait to be asked, you know, not to wait for instructions, Mm -hmm. but just to get going and definitely start before you're ready. I think that's a a kind of a theme of the day. Um, And that's definitely what Ann Richards believed because she just saw so many women wait until they thought, you know, it was the perfect time or they had the right degree or all the other things. And yet so many men, they already assume that they're ready for the next job or to run for office. And uh, she just wished women had the same kind of confidence. Yeah. And we're, I mean, as two young professional women, we're super inspired by that and obviously look up to you and your whole family. Um, I know you mentioned how you wrote a book, which we're really interested in talking about. So what kind of made you start the make trouble book? Well, I, a large part of it was after the election, the last presidential election, it seemed like every day someone was stopping me on the street asking what they should be doing mm-hmm. as if there was, I think so there was two things. One is that people thought like, maybe if I do one more thing, everything will change or go back <laughs> to life as we knew it. Right. Um, and, and also, but this real sense I had is everybody wanted to do more than they had ever done before, and particularly women, and, and women of all ages. And it, it just occurred to me that 
rather than try to talk to every single person on the subway or every person on the street, I would try to put it in a book. And so it ended up being, um, kind of a, both a memoir and also a call to call to action, I guess. And I hope that the idea of the book make trouble is that everybody can do something more. And a lot of us are feeling like this is the most important time, um, particularly for women to stand up and to get involved and to really take risks and be more daring than we've ever been before. I think the good news is I've been on book tour and seeing that all across the country, women are turning out. They want to talk about what's happening in America. They want to talk about what they can do to impact uh, both uh, you know, politics, but issues they care about. And of course, I think what we've been seeing in the last few months is just such inspiration from young people, teenagers. I mean, that that are really taking um, taking responsibility, demanding things like common sense gun reform, mm-hmm. and that is that to me also is energizing a, a lot of women around the country. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely we're located in Philly, and there's definitely. Uh-huh a huge energy here with all the marches that we've been to and, you know, people campaigning on the streets for different organizations. I know that I've talked to some Planned Parenthood representatives on the corner of Philly and donated just because it's, I mean, I really feel the fire underneath me that it's time to do something. That's great. And I mean, that is kind of what we've been seeing at Planned Parenthood definitely Mm -hmm. uh, over the last year and a half is, just this flood of particularly young people, many of whom have never contributed to anything before, never maybe even um, made a donation to an organization. Mm -hmm. And that to me is, it's very hopeful. And I I think that young people, again, are not just supporting Planned Parenthood, but they are, you know, standing up for criminal justice reform. They're standing up on the guns issue. Uh, They are really supporting immigrants and dreamers. And that is, is exciting because I think that we're recognizing that we're in this moment in America where we're really kind of defining what we believe as a country and what we, you know, what does it mean to be in a democracy in a, in a society that was built by immigrants and how are we coming to terms with that at the time in which I think a lot of things coming out of our government seem antithetical to where the majority of people are. I was, I've been really struck by the, you know, we've made so much success even at Planned Parenthood now you know, we're at a historic all-time low for teenage pregnancy in the U.S., which is really, really important. Uh, and that's largely because we've gotten better sex education, and birth control access, mm-hmm. and yet the government is now trying to unravel all that. So I think it's really important that people, even people that are not political, stand up uh, for their families and their communities uh, about what kind of government and what, what, what kind of government they want and what they hope to see. Right. Yeah, and it's so funny you say that because um, we like we when our generation thinks of Planned Parenthood, I th- we think at least it's like for sex education. How can they um, learn about safe sex and things like that? Where I think a lot of people in the older generation um, they think it's a, a bit as an abortion clinic. So I think it's really we want to we want to push that message across that that it's for you know women's health overall and not just that one specific service. Right. Well, it's interesting, you know, one in five women in this country have been to Planned Parenthood. Mm -hmm. And that includes a lot of folks who um, 
came to us, you know, 10, 20, 30 years ago, because Planned Parenthood's been around for now 100 years, even before birth control was legal. And to me, you're right. It is about um, uh, the whole idea of Planned Parenthood was always that if women could make their own decisions about their bodies and about pregnancy and reproduction and get good health care, they would have so many more opportunities. And that actually has turned out to be true because it is not by accident that women are now half the college students in America. Right. I was actually just speaking to the doctors. There's, you know, women are now half, if not more, of the medical students and the same with law students. And all of that was possible um, because women could make decisions about when and whether to have children. And as you say, it's about everything not only getting access to safe and legal abortion if you need it, but it's getting access to effective contraceptives that you can afford and Mm -hmm. getting access to sex education. And one of the things that is also, as long as we're kind of educating folks about Planned Parenthood, I think one of the important things is, you know, uh, the fastest growing population coming to Planned Parenthood now are young men. Because for many of them, getting access to affordable STD testing and treatment, uh, it can be hard to find. And so they come to Planned Parenthood now, and, and in, in 20 states now, we're actually also providing transgender care, which is really important because in a lot of areas of the country, that's also hard to find uh, qualified providers where you're not, you know, shamed or stigmatized or mm-hmm. judged for. And so, yeah, Planned Parenthood, it's funny, I, I, I mean, you have to laugh about it sometimes because otherwise you just would cry. But dealing with Congress and all their efforts to end access to Planned Parenthood, I try to tell them that for most people in this country, Planned Parenthood isn't the problem. It's actually the solution. Right. And we should just be, if we did more to provide access to preventive services, including birth control, I mean, what we are seeing is uh, that the pregnancy, you know, unintended pregnancy rate is going down. And frankly, the abortion rate is going down. So um, we should just be doing more preventive care uh, in general. And I hope that they begin to understand that. <laughs> yeah, no, that is definitely the hope. And I'm, I mean, I had no idea that in 20 states, Planned Parenthood was working with more of the transgender population for health services, which is amazing. And to hear that, you know, a growing population is male is very interesting, which I don't think a lot of people know that. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's okay. So that's good. So, no, it's funny because I just was in uh, one of the last uh, clinics that we just opened was in Charleston, South Carolina, mm-hmm. which not only provides full reproductive care, but also transgender services. And I, I talked to our um, healthcare providers there and our clinicians and, you know, there are some, some of our patients are driving two and three hours just to get services at Planned Parenthood wow. because it's one of the few places that um, they can find, again, not just health care, but from health care providers that are really, um, that, that welcome everybody. Right. And that that's such an important part of our mission is not just that we provide all 18 forms of birth control, but we really try to um, listen to our patients and hear what that they need because of course the best kind of birth control is the kind that you're going to use and that's so we try to make sure that we match match birth control with with our patients uh, and their needs Mm -hmm. yeah which is amazing um so I did have a couple questions about kind of your journey of becoming president of Planned Parenthood where how did you kind of get involved in the organization and what was your career like before that led up to being president Okay, it's a great question because <laughs> I will tell you I had no career path, no plan. I think like a lot of women, I just 
did the next thing that seemed like it was important to do. And I've had the great privilege, frankly, of being involved in um, work that made a difference in some way, Mm -hmm. it felt like to me. And so this was sort of logical, I guess, the job at Planned Parenthood was, was the end of a lot of a journey. But I like, I started out at Planned Parenthood, like a lot of folks, I went to Planned Parenthood for birth control when I was in college. I didn't know where else to go. I was far away from home. Uh, so that was sort of my initial um, connection with Planned Parenthood. But it wasn't until much later that they were looking for a new president and I was called to do the, to, to come and interview with the search committee. And I write in the book uh, about the fact that I, I literally came like, this close to canceling that interview and because again going back to this issue that sometimes we have as women I just couldn't imagine that I would be qualified to do that job I thought boy I've I've never run anything that big and it's such an important organization so right before I canceled I I did what any grown woman would do is I called my mother and said (laughs) you know I don't know what to do I said and she's just, of course, my mother was not having any of it. She just said, Seal, get over yourself. This is the most important job in women's health in the country. And you just have to, you have to try. And, you know, she always, she always said, just imagine what's the worst thing that could happen. And so it really was mom that pushed me to, to, to go and interview. And I feel like, um, to me, it kind of came full circle because, you know, our job at Planned Parenthood, is when women walk through our doors is to really believe in them sometimes more than they even believe in themselves. And in many ways, I feel like that was my, that was my experience. Um, here I was unsure that I could do this job and Planned Parenthood really did believe in me. And it was an incredible 12 years. Um, and I, you know, I talk to young women all the time about, you know, again, don't wait until you have everything perfect on your resume or your kids are the exact right age. If there's a new opportunity, you've just got to go for it because this is the only life we have. And there, there are, um, there are ch- the only kind of, I think, uh, chances you regret are the ones that you don't take. Uh, so I'm, I'm grateful that this path led me to Planned Parenthood where I just had an extraordinary 12 years working with the most amazing people and changing the lives of folks all across America. That is so inspiring, honestly. And that you started as a person who was just walking into Planned Parenthood to get birth control. control. Yeah, that's crazy. It's funny, though. You know, it's one thing I say about Planned Parenthood is that most people, you know, I can talk to women now who are, you know, well past their childbearing years, and they can remember when they went to Planned Parenthood. It's one of those, it's a relationship, and it's an organization that is sometimes comes into your life at a point where you really, you really turn to them needing support and, and, and folks usually don't forget it. That's amazing. So, um, what was the best thing that has like come out of being president of Planned Parenthood in your life? Um, well, if there were one specific, uh, moment, it was absolutely the day that I got a call from president Obama saying that after this very long campaign, which we had to mobilize, uh, tens of thousands of people uh, and have young people dressed up in giant birth control packs on college campuses. And is that he called to tell me that he was about to announce that Obamacare or the Affordable Care Act would now cover all birth control for all, all insured women at no cost. And that was revolutionary and still is. 62 million women approximately now can get their birth control at no cost. And to me, it has definitely been linked, um, in my mind, to 
you know, reducing unintended pregnancy, getting patients better kinds of birth control. And those are kinds of things that I see now as, as this administration tries to take them away and let your boss decide whether you get them. Folks just aren't going back. I think this is really, this is a game changing uh, decision for basically generations of women. And that was, that was worth the decades that it taught, uh, took to finally get there. It's really great. Yeah, which is beyond amazing, and we're so grateful for all the work you've done. So for people like us, uh, young women in their 20s, aside from donations, what else can we be doing to kind of make sure Planned Parenthood remains funded and, you know, our current administration, our current, yeah, our current administration uh-huh. doesn't take away those yep. rights? Well, I know you live in Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. You probably have listeners from all over, but I'd say always um, communicating with your member of Congress and your senators is unbelievably important, and that includes there in Pennsylvania. Um, so, I mean, anytime right now there's a there is a federal judge up for confirmation from Louisiana, Wendy Vitter, who's been an adamant opponent of Planned Parenthood and of reproductive rights. So every time these issues come up, you need to call. And I know sometimes people think it doesn't make a difference. It absolutely does make a difference. It's the reason Planned Parenthood's doors are still open because senators and members of Congress heard from their constituents. So that's number one. Number two is absolutely, you know, marching is important and calling your member of Congress is important, but voting is critical. So be sure you're registered to vote. And Mm -hmm. for 20-somethings, some of whom may not have voted before, this coming November is going to be a critical uh, election. And so I really encourage everybody not only to register, but to talk to people about how much it matters because you can't change policies uh, if you can't change who's in office. In Pennsylvania in particular, there are all kinds of opportunities to, to do that. Um, and lastly, I just I think this is a time to, to um, volunteer in a way maybe that you would never have. So some folks come and volunteer at Planned Parenthood. Some folks want to go volunteer for a candidate running for office. Uh, I think I tell them that in my book, you know, my first campaign, I had just gotten out of college and I went to volunteer for a phone bank for a guy running for city council. And two, two nights later, I was running the phone bank because <laughs> they were so desperate for volunteers. And so I think if there's no way to overstress how much difference you can make, one, two, you'll get new skills that you didn't have before uh, or, you know, you know, get them even, uh, get them even better. And third, you're going to meet amazing people. I still know the people that I worked for on the Roger Duncan city council campaign back in Austin, Texas, and that's been decades ago. So I think that this is a time to sort of reach out and work with people. Maybe you haven't, um, it's, that's outside of your comfort zone uh, and you'll be really happy that you did. So you just mentioned that you keep in contact with all these people. Who was the most influential person you've met through your work? Oh, my God. I mean, there's so many, so many. But I do, you know, I write in my book. um, I've had the benefit of working for a lot of uh, women and probably kind of intentionally chose them. But I... One person who really taught me an enormous amount was Nancy Pelosi, and I was very fortunate to work for her when she became the highest-ranking woman in the Congress. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, I'd say the hardest-working <laughs> member of Congress. And uh, I learned about how hard it was to be a woman in leadership in a predominantly male um, body, and how hard it still is. And the extra, you know, but you know, she worked three times as hard and 
really kept her principles always at the forefront. So uh, I will be always grateful to her, not only that she gave me a chance uh, to come and, and have a kind of job that was just really a dream job to learn about how Congress works, but also very inspiring to see a woman who, um, to get to that level in political leadership and never, never back down from the things she believed in, including women and women's rights. Mm-hmm. That's that's incredible. We're over here like, like I'm like <laughs> like, hard. like I I'm like loving this. It's like so inspiring and yeah. it makes me want to like get out and do, do something. something next. Good. <laughs> well, listen, as you know, a record number of women are running for office and that's not the you know, it doesn't mean everyone has to run for office, but I do think every woman can do something more than what they're doing now. Mm -hmm. And if you can, and if you're willing to kind of, as as we say, you know, if you're not scaring yourself, you're probably not doing quite enough right now. (laughs) And I think this is the time where we need to support other women um, in what they're doing and take some more risks ourselves to make trouble. Yeah, absolutely. And we are going to make that our mission and make sure (laughs) that we communicate that to all of our friends because it's so important to spread that positive message. Fantastic. So I think for our last question, we'd love to know kind of what's next for you. Where can we look forward to seeing you speaking anywhere or what kind of your next path looks like? Well, so I've been on book tour the last uh, two or three weeks. And so I'm still doing some of that. Mm -hmm. And I um, am also now really keenly focused on uh, making sure that every woman in this country is registered to vote, knows what's at stake in the election and turns out this November. Because I think that uh, if we really do, if we're disappointed in what government is doing right now, it's up to us to change it. So Mm -hmm. I know I'll actually be be down in Philly next week to do an event for uh, your governor who's running for re-election, uh, but also be meeting with women there about what they're going to be doing in Pennsylvania, because already women in Pennsylvania are really shaking things up, mm-hmm. and it's an exciting time. I was just, I just did a big um, a book event in Pittsburgh, and we had, it was standing room only, so exciting to see so many women of all different generations and walks of life uh, coming together to figure out what more they can do. So I'll be on the road um, for the foreseeable future and hope to see you guys in Philly sometime. Yeah, yeah we would love that. That's awesome. Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank, <laughs> like, yes, thank you so much for being a guest. I know all of our listeners will love hearing you speak about this and really inspire women and especially our younger generation. We love it. Yeah. (laughs) Terrific. Well, thank you. Thanks a bunch, Carly. Thanks, Julie. Um, I hope to see you on the road. Yeah. Yeah, Awesome. Have a good day. Okay. Okay. Thanks. Bye. 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 Okay. Like I, I have, (laughs) I have, I know we're in the gift of gab, but like I can't gab. I can't. I know. It was, She's unbelievable, and we really do thank her. She took time out of her busy schedule as the president of Planned Parenthood to speak to us, and I think we're ready to make some changes and get out there, and really, definitely everyone needs to register to vote. Honestly, Donate if you can. Contact your Congress people, representatives. And yeah, I have no words. I really have. That was awesome. Women, women supporting women. This is what we need every this is single honestly, day. Honestly, women supporting women. That's us. That's us. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. And tune in next week as we gab about more random shit.